0: El Chuque cobraron en corto, le pegue Herrera, golazo. Golazo, Una sinfonía visual, el zapatazo de Héctor Herrera y llegó el quinto. Golazo,
1: golazo, golazo. Eso, eso, eso. Mira, aquí empezamos a ver la, 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 la jugada y se empiezan a acordar otra vez en tocar y mover, vean el movimiento de Pizarro vean el movimiento de Macías o sea, esto es un auténtico golazo empiezan a recobrar la memoria de jugar bien por dentro en este segundo tiempo bueno, la la respuesta es si el club Veracruz no se presentase a jugar el próximo viernes el el reglamento es es claro, aquel club que no se presenta a la competición eh, desciende automáticamente Y en ese momento eh, también se aplicaría el, eh, los artículos correspondientes a poner en riesgo la, la integridad de la competencia y se iniciaría el proceso de All
2: right, welcome once again to the FMF State of Mind podcast. You already know what it is, man. My name is Antonio, I'm your host. Uh, we only got two people on the panel, me and Ness. Ness, where you at, man?
0: What's up? Yeah, we're just chilling here. It's um, it's something we're trying to do on a weekly basis to be a little bit more consistent. So definitely, if you don't have at least us two, hopefully you can get Rafa and a couple more people on. But honestly, I don't, I don't mind just having two people. I feel like we get more than three or four at a time. Everybody's talking over each other, and no one's trying to listen to us babble for two hours.
2: Yeah, when we got when we get like three or more people, it definitely turns into like two hours just like that. I don't know. I remember, you remember our first episodes were like two hours long almost
0: oh god those those episodes were the worst (laughs) the audio uh, wasn't that good and
2: hopefully we've grown since then honestly honestly (laughs) (laughs) but hey man we're back uh here to talk about everything uh el tri mexico just got done with their first two nations league matches uh they just wrapped up a 3-1 win over panama a couple hours ago we're recording this on on a tuesday night uh, so we're gonna we're gonna start with that one. We're gonna start with the one freshest our, in our heads. Mexico three one versus Panama. Uh, Mexico to me uh, played really pretty decent. They had they didn't play terrible. We're not it wasn't a crisis or anything. We're not we're not the U.S. over here, but but they played decent. But uh, it it also you know it just showed it wasn't as dominant as I mean they were dominant on the field, but they were just like I think the the name of the game for this Mexico team is that they just keep lacking finishing so they got they got two quick goals at the end to make a it 3-1 it wasn't pretty but it, it, it was a good match and that's what you think of the match man overall
0: i liked it it was a typical mexico kind of in their own half trying to figure out a way to kind of get upfield. they controlled the ball for the majority of the match you saw a lot of uh a, a lot of that kind of you know def- defenders creeping up to the halfway line and trying to implement an attack but panama stayed fortified and it was pretty tough for them to crack, and as you saw, it didn't really happen until the end when those kind of defensive lapses started happening. And that Carlos Salcedo, uh, what is it called, the uh, goal that Mexico ended up scoring, which was an own goal, actually, I felt helped them a little bit. And you know, it would have been something that if that didn't happen; they would they would have been able to break Panama down a little bit more easier. But you know, you got those defenders like Torres and on Panama side, and people that are really really uh, still mad, you know, about the 2015 Gold Cup and, you know, whenever (laughs) they see Mexico, you know they're going to go full full throttle and you saw that with injuries as you saw with Lozano being carted off after that horrible tackle which, if they had names on the back of the jerseys I'd probably be able to say, but uh, I'm not sure who the defender's name was But it was just a horrible Horrible play by him And you know just goes to show uh, That the rivalry is there they're, they're not as dirty players As Honduras or El Salvador But you know
2: They're up there <laughs> Central American teams man What can we say They they love They love to do this This is how they play um, It was uh, Yeah it was pretty scary When, when Chuki went out injured uh, I just saw um, uh, In the tweet That Tata said it, it looks like it's nothing more than a hit So that's good That's what I was kind of worried about um, speaking of Chuki, he he. It was kind of surprising when the lineups came out. He was he was going to be playing in the lone number nine role. He's played that a couple times for Napoli uh, this season under Ancelotti. Um, so it's not something he's. It's not something totally new, but it's it's definitely. I think if anyone saw this game, they could tell that it's just not really his role. He was kind of too, you know, uncomfortable just being in the middle. He wasn't really playing to his best to. The best of his abilities so and and then you know obviously we saw when mexico didn't really start scoring more prolifically the two goals until macias came on and uh, macias i mean i'm gonna sound like a broken record from last week but i mean he's he's just keeps on scoring that's four goals in three games in his first three games with uh, the selección and, and i mean he's just he just he looks great and, and i know some people say oh you know it's panama it's bermuda you know these teams don't matter. Of course he's going to score, but I mean, other than that, I mean, just everything that he's been doing in the league. You know, he's got 20 goals in all competitions this year, um, and add to his like early streak with with the national team. I mean, this this kid is just really really talented, and I know we all know that. But um, if there's something to say. I mean, he's got the best. He's got some of the best finishing on the team for someone who was just a teenager a couple months ago. I think. That's the thing that Mexico has lacked a lot of in, in these first two games was like that good uh, so finishing. Um, but, you know, you saw Macias when he came in. You know, he, he found some space. He got in between two defenders. He got a pass and he slotted it right in. Didn't even think about it. He kind of he wa- – he wasn't as selfish this time as he was um, with the Trinidad and Tobago uh, friendly. But, uh, I mean, I guess that that was to be expected because he was around players like younger, more his age. So he kind of wanted to shine – Um, when he was now, when he's surrounded by like, uh, you know, uh, plus he had those scouts at the last
0: game too. And you know, you got the OGs you're playing with, you gotta, you gotta pay, you gotta pay homage and just start cutting in and play your part. You know, you can't, you can't be the point guard. You gotta, you gotta be that small forward cutting in and out.
2: (laughs) I definitely think that's what he was trying to do. So, um it, It's good that he that he he's kind of self aware. He knows when to be selfish, know when not to, because that, that that hurts a lot of players. But now, I mean, a great game for him. I honestly think that if it wasn't for Massias' goal, this game might have ended in a tie. And yeah, I can see it.
0: I can see so, that. hundred percent.
2: And so that goes back to all the talk about how Mexico is too good for the Nations League, and this competition doesn't benefit anyone. I mean, we um, you know, they almost tied against Panama tonight. And then just look at the US, man. They just lost to Canada 2-0. Like, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, the federation. It a is mess. funny.
2: You have to laugh. <laughs> you have to laugh. It was so funny because after they like smashed Cuba 7-0, all these like articles or just like bait just like tweets were coming out like, "See guys, the Nations League does nothing for anyone." and blah, 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 and this, this is not going to help the U.S. at all, and then boom, next game, they lose to Canada, buddy. What can you say about that?
0: Hey, just, uh, what else can you expect? It's, it's the U.S. If anything's caught you off guard by the U.S. in the last two, three years, then, you know, they, the shame on you, because it takes a lot to get surprised by them missing a World Cup. I, I really don't see, I, I really don't, I really didn't doubt that they would drop points against Canada, and it's one of those things where you're seeing, you're just like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of a uh, it's kind of as a what would they say kind of um what is it called the sign of the times yeah <laughs> that we are currently in and the, the bogus-ass structure that that you know that federation currently has set up, and the coach and Greg Burhalter Ber- out there sounding like a broken record or a bogus-ass uh, college coach, like, yeah, we're in here, we're trying to implement a system. It's like, no, <laughs> if your players are shit. You're gonna play great if they if they if they're if they if, they're, you know, if your players are good, you're gonna play great. If they're shit, they're not gonna play great. And that's what it ultimately comes down to. A lot of people can't name you know other than Pulisic three or four other players on the US. Uh, national men's team and that's you know that just goes to show where they're at right now especially with the u.s picking off the mexican-american talent
2: yeah they're they're in a dark spot for sure mexico didn't look amazing in this game i think i think uh everyone that was thinking that that you know mexico should not be playing this competition at all because it because of lack of competitiveness or whatever i think they got i think they have they have another thing coming I think you know we saw that that Mexico is not immune to to losing or or drawing with you know Central American teams or whatever. No, we learned but, that against Argentina. <laughs> we I mean, hey. <laughs> we're not as dominant as we think we are, but Oh, no, no, definitely not. But um but no yeah, but it could but it, like we say it could always be worse. We could always be the US. I'm glad that we're not. But uh just going back to the game as a whole uh what are some kind? we kind of talked about? My CS already. Uh, what, what, what are some other guys that kind of stood out for uh, in this game or in the Bermuda game? In either one.
0: In this pass game, you know, as far as left backs and right backs, it's. God, Lerone was doing a really great job as well. It's nice seeing somebody new there. And, you know, everybody kind of says, what's the point of Nations League? But when you see these youngsters, I usually wouldn't get a shot. You know, Macias, he probably would have got a shot, but not as soon as he has. And, you know, now with him doing as well as he has, they're going to start questioning about why isn't he being called up when everyone else like Raul Jimenez is being called up. So those are a couple positives that I do see. The defense still needs a lot of work on Mexico's part. And I don't think yeah. the... I saw an article that read, "It's like Mexico's cornerbacks, uh, center backs of the future. It's like ha- have to be the center backs of the, of the of the moment." And that just goes to show the state that we're currently in. You know, Araujo and Arrojo from Sotovigo Vigo, and then you know Salcedo is currently playing for Tigres. They're great options. I don't think they're permanently going to be there. As far as I, I want to see more young younger blood there, but. As far as not, you know, it was, it was weird seeing Lozano in that number nine role. I get what Tata was trying to do, though, and play him off Pizarro. But I feel like they just got in each other's way more than anything. And Lozano, you want to see him on the outside kind of slashing and going after those long balls and through balls. And for he sure. didn't really get that opportunity when he was kind of tasked with the force. You know, he was kind of tasked making, having to make those opportunities. How about you? Who stuck out for you?
2: First, uh, first of all, I think you made a really good point About the defense um, it, It's kind of been a long time coming We saw it in the Gold Cup too our, uh, The def- the defense is definitely the, the lowest point In Mexico's lineup and, and, you know, our center backs Are just just not where we want them to be And um, some of them are aging Like Héctor Moreno Who, you know, just plays for money now Over in Qatar um, He's aging Props to him uh, and Chasing then,
0: that bag with the arabs hey, hey, hey. I, i'm not watching those streams <laughs> i had enough of i playing in greece but you
2: know more m- m- shout outs to him i haven't found one of those streams yet be lucky if i do but uh, and then other ones like the the whole nestor araujo and carlos alcedo uh duo um i mean we saw how atrocious they were against argentina they've obviously improved i mean that was just a a bad game for both of them oh yeah
0: and and I don't mean to cut you off but a lot of people forget like Arroajo like he was responsible for that Chile massacre as well it's like he was there you know like he was he made a couple good saves I remember (laughs) it was horrible (laughs) They were saying, uh, like, Vargas was coming down with Alexis Sanchez. That shit still gives me fucking nightmares. God. And they are just <laughs> coming down on the counterattack, and you're just like, you see Nesta Arajo just standing there, like, not knowing what to do, you know, on a two-on-one situation where, like, you know, be trying to track back or something. And, and then he saw Arajo come in and made a beautiful sliding tackle. And, you know, he ended up winning the ball, and then he turned a little bit on that sliding tackle, and then he gave it right back to Alexis Sanchez, and they scored a goal, and I'm just like, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is life right now? And he was part of that and we have to hold him accountable. We have to hold the Cho accountable. We gotta hold Layun accountable and kinda anybody else who played in that back four and kinda start phasing them out of the way. I mean, come on, seriously. If we were any other nation that was a top five nation, we, we wouldn't have those same players in the backfield, but we currently don't have those options unfortunately. You know, when's the last time you seen um uh who's the new Arsenal center back that used to play for Chelsea? I forgot his name. Big hair. The Brazilian. Oh,
2: David Luiz.
0: When's the last time you saw David Luis, uh suit up for Brazil? Since that, <laughs> you know, they got they got slaughtered against uh, Germany and their you know at home, and you know even Jurgen uh, Lowe had to tell them to pump the brakes a little bit, and not embarrass them as much in the second half because there were little kids crying in the stands, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. the, the, that type of thing. So you 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 always want to see like newer players especially in defense and experiment a little bit more and you, you kind of don't want to see these older players that you know that their time is kind of
2: yeah hopefully we start seeing that more because you know like i said the whole whole salcedo partnership is just it's not working out um they didn't have terrible games against bermuda or panama another uh, one of them was particularly bad or anything but we can just see you know the cracks starting to form and um, you know, it, it, it kind of surprises me to say though he had so much promise when he was at Chivas, and he's Ember still only F- like twenty five.
0: Yeah, and then well, he ends up scoring an own goal against his old teammate Rogodinho, and he just there like, that eh, it's all right. I'm used <laughs> <Yeah>. to it. <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it's he's he's fallen off quite a bit since that time, and 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 you know, Nestor Araujo he as well because like. Team yeah Néstor Araujo as well because like uh, before the 2018 World Cup I remember everyone was hailing him as like Mexico's star defender because he had some pretty good performances under Osorio but now I mean this I mean, he plays well for Celta de Vigo props to him for doing it in La Liga but in the he,
0: he played amazing against what was it, Atletico like a week yeah. or so ago right after he like he it's had all crazy. those blunders it made no sense to me but it's I crazy. don't know it might be coaching no I'm joking I, I, honestly I don't know
2: well but, no, we definitely need to get some new center backs, uh, you know, up and coming. Uh, you know, I'd love to see more of, like, you know, Monterrey Cesar Montes. Uh, oh, no, I want to
0: see more of Montes. I, I'd like he's been on the him. come
2: up. Uh, I think uh, uh, looking at Queretaro, who's, like, third place in the league, killing it right now. Uh, you see guys like Luis Romo that, that kind of came up in the past couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of other ones here, but I, there, there's there's a few. There's not really a clear cut. Like I mean, honestly, but you
0: deserves a call up well he's had a pretty he bad does. season I feel like he deserves a call up for at least half of the season when they're playing majority decently and I feel like you can even throw Sepulveda kind of in there the new center back for Chivas that just recently got promoted and kind of throw him to the mix a little bit yeah just you know it doesn't have to be anything crazy like you remember when Osorio called up Mayorga like before the World Cup and him yeah. and the uh, who else, but just so they can kind of get some experience under the belt being with the national team. And I'm not saying he's going to be there forever, but like call him up and start getting, you know, some playing time in or have him on the bench so they can be around some of the senior guys and learning. Because, you know, with the Nations League, it gives you that type, those type of opportunities. Where why are you going to call over Araujo and, you know, Sacillo? Like leave them with their respective teams, let them train, let them do whatever they're going to do. It's like just come out with, a, you know, a, a fresher defense because honestly, Mexico can afford it. With the offense and the type of opponents that they're playing, why not go ahead and try something? You know,
2: right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, there's not really. I, I would love to see some of those guys. You know, at least get a shot. There's not a clear cut like there's not a Macias center back out there that we're like, oh yeah, this is the next guy. But you know, there, there's quite a few youngsters out there that can that can I think potentially be um, something good that Mexico can work with work with in the future. But yeah, center back is definitely. Uh, an issue. Um, You talk about a little bit about Calderon. Um, I think he's been, I think he's been pretty great. He's been one of the best players um, in the past two games for Mexico. And and then most of as well, I really like the fullback situation. Uh, I really, I really, you know, I really kind of dig these whole, these modern fullbacks nowadays. They kind of love to attack and press forward. I personally do, do like that style. Um, I think Mexico does need to find, some fullbacks that can, that can and that have more of a defensive capabilities. You know what I mean? These ki- these two guys don't, don't are not, uh, you know, exceptional defensively. Um, if they can hone that, uh, that those defensive abilities, I, I think they, they can become well-rounded players, but even if they don't, I think they definitely have, have a future with the national team. I mean, they, they've shown that they have the talent and things. So I, I, you know, I really like the fullback situation in Mexico. Um, and then, yeah, uh, And then, you know, just going back to uh, talking a little bit about the Bermuda game, um, we kind of already covered it. But, you know, more of the same problems with the lack of finishing. And I know it's weird saying that since Mexico won 5-1. But I don't know about you, but to me, that was kind of the worst 5-1 win I've ever seen. Just, it was really like... Yeah,
0: it was was pretty bad. (laughs) It
2: was really just like, I don't know, it was kind of like clunky...
0: It felt it the felt plane. a lot to be desired. It was, uh, you know, like kind of like, oops, that that got past me type type of deals, and not only with through balls, but I know, you know, against Bermuda, where one to three players, I think, were in the first division. Of I don't even know what league. So it's something where it's like the that's, only
2: one. The only yeah. one I know was Naki Wells, and he's in the championship in England. So I don't even know. Yeah, they so might
0: not, not any... even in the first league, you know. It's like oh God. So I don't know, Bermuda. They could have did way better, and they at least give me a clean sheet. They couldn't even do that. When Cota let that go through. Which, by the way, Cota is looking fat as hell. Now, I'm not fat shaming or anything like that, but Cota, Cota was looking like a, a Moises Muñoz out there, boy. Like he, he's, <laughs> he's
2: been enjoying his time in Leon, Let me tell you that much. he's been celebrating after that championship. Cota, um, I'm, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't particularly surprised that he got the call up. I was like, okay, and you know he's having a pretty decent season at that one. He's been good for them, but man, I don't know if, if you saw the instances where he would he would try to be like Manuel Neuer or some shit, like playing with his feet. Oh yeah, he I was like, terrible. I know it's beautiful. Take
0: it easy, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he, he
2: almost gave me a trouble. heart attack multiple times. <laughs> I'm like Kota, don't get, ever play with your feet again.
0: I get I get an easy one Neville does it, like let alone like Gota. Like, all right, come on
2: man, stop playing just know, kick the it fall off. Just, <laughs> they almost scored off of a mistake from Kota. Luckily Bermuda didn't. But but no, yeah, the just the whole game, um, I mean, even just the goals, I can't think of um except obviously um Hector Herrera's, you know, a blaster that he made off a free oh, kick yeah, that obviously was a yeah. really good goal. And we know he he can do that any day. Oh
0: yeah, No question.
2: But all all of the other goals were, like, I can't even remember them right now. They weren't really memorable. Besides the Herrera goal, the most memorable goal in that game was Bermuda's off a really cool set piece uh, off a corner. So, I mean, that just goes to show you Mexico didn't really – they dominated, but it wasn't. It like you said, they, it left a lot to be desired.
0: Yeah, it, it's like I said right now. But uh, what is it called? Like I had those through passes. It's like I was so focused on that through pass that I did not even know who scored it. <laughs> it was it was just like a tap in. I was like, oh, what's the point? It was, like, it was like a beautiful pass, but yeah, other than that, it wasn't. It, the game left much to be desired on that high school football field. So
2: yeah, man, that was that was. Like they were playing on turf. <laughs> I'm sure the Bur- the Bermudian citizens or however you call them um, had a great time though having a team like Mexico come up probably the first time they've ever had a team. Oh yeah. Of that did it get hit by like a hurricane? Oh, I don't know. could not tell you. Know. They're, they're like... really they're really out there in the Atlantic. Yeah, they are. Like it's in middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I didn't I didn't realize that. I thought they were around. You like know, the Caribbean. Yeah, like Cuba, Jamaica, all of them. No, they're really far out there. No,
0: they're bro, they're out there, especially with like the whole Bermuda Triangle thing and like shit goes missing yeah. and compasses. Compasses don't work over you know a certain <laughs> a certain area of the, of the of the water and everything. It's like mm, yeah, no, but
2: yeah, yeah uh, but it looks so
0: beautiful. That it does, did no. it, like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like sure. one of my tios ranchos in Mexico, just like we just posted up two Google posts with the uh, with jackets and we're like, oh, we're gonna play here,
2: definitely. <laughs> No, but uh, So the first two tests for Mexico in the Nations League are done. They passed. Um, and then they'll play some more games in November. Uh, I just saw that Tata Martino w- uh, just said in his post-game press conference is that the vast majority of Europe-based players in this particular squad that we just saw won't be with Mexico in November and that other Europe-based players will take their place. So he's kind of like making it clear that the Nations League is for him to find like alternatives to That's the established names. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. So I'm guessing in November we won't see Lozano. We won't see um
0: will probably see Raul Jimenez though. Raul Jimenez yeah, probably. We'll, we'll probably see Jimenez.
2: See Chicha. Maybe Chicharo. Basically all the ones that haven't here. come. Um yeah. so we probably Cuadrado, won't see Reda. Right. Although we didn't even see Linus, did we, this time around?
0: No, nah, no, nah, we didn't. We didn't see Linus at all. It's I don't know. That whole Batiste situation has been real weird, man. It's a uh, like I thought. I thought somebody got injured as far as a you know center attacking mid, but like I was I just got FIFA nineteen and they got like three different center attacking mids like above eighty four ranking. I'm just like shit. They're stacked. Where the hell is he gonna play? <laughs>
2: yeah, we did. He so, did play a little bit. Okay. I remember him coming on a little bit against Bermuda, but I can't. I can't tell you if he ever even touched the ball. I mean
0: Oh no, I can't either. I think he did. He did he have a good I don't even I don't know, honestly. honestly God, I don't, don't know. know. Game it's was so it's m- tough. unforgettable. I mean the game was so forgettable.
2: It's tough. It's tough. Linus, we'll see if he comes back. Um I wouldn't be against it. I mean he barely played this time around, so honestly God. It's good. But uh, we're gonna move on from the national team and we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk a little League I and we're gonna talk about um both of our favorite team. Chivas because yes. breaking news in the past couple of days they've been linked to Ricardo Pelaez. i am take it,
0: man. Jeez,
2: to be one of the directors, something. to be one of the executives. I don't know exactly what position he's gonna take, but probably something like sporting director or something like that. I um if you don't know God. who Pelaez is, you know, he you know won titles with Club America, he helped. Uh, Rebuild Cruz Azul to have its semi-success that it had with Pedro Caixinha. I know they didn't win the league title, but they won a couple of other smaller things. So I mean that means something, right? But <laughs> it's rumored that he's gonna come to Chivas. They just had it was funny if you guys watched the the Panama game. They they kept cutting into like the lower thirds of like Choppies on to the N and she was like outside the like chivas offices like giving updates on their meeting with Ricardo pelas as if it was like some like big breaking story or something i thought that was cool because that they, that was funny that they were literally like halting the game to see what was going on with this but um i thought that was hilarious they had a they had a four hour meeting chivas Jeez. and pelas so who knows what was said they're, in
0: there you know they're serious
2: yeah so you know i want to ask you Ness. What would it mean to have somebody like Belize in the, up in the box for Chivas?
0: Please, God. Please. Oh, my God. We need somebody to take control of this goddamn team, know what they're doing financially with players in the transfer market, and navigate the tough market that it's only fielding Mexican players because other teams know that. And it's just, you know, we've seen Vergara and just the way he's kind of gone through things and it's like we need we need a fresh perspective we need somebody else to kind of look things from the outside on the end you know it's easy to criticize but you know people inside the organization they don't know because they're not outside the organization and it's real easy to criticize but if we get a lesson and there's something that we can do about that with players in a transfer market and maybe lure a couple european players back for cheap you know say what you will about you know america and Cruz Azul but well not I can't even mention Cruz Azul in this but like America they've they've done, they've done an amazing job in the transfer market you know kind of following those same same philosophies since he left so see him bringing back Memo Cho and making you know hustling getting much just seen sold to Porto making that money and then selling Linus to Real Batiste making that money and then you just know that they're gonna spend it on a whole bunch of extranjeros from you know South America and they're gonna come up next season and right now they're shorthanded and that's a part of the business but they're still i'm not mistaken ranked fifth in the liga max rankings currently at the moment and it's a pretty good setup for a la liga liga run so when you see stuff like that it's kind of gives you a little bit more hope but it kind of makes you question things a little bit more because you start seeing the market that chivas do have to navigate especially when it comes to the draft and everything like that and You kind of see what the future will look like as far as the transfers that might come into the club or the players that might actually leave because I think it's time for us to clean house. Players like Pulido, players like um, who else?
2: But he scored seven goals.
0: His, yeah, majority of them penalties. <laughs> yeah. Honest to God, I don't know if he's flailing at this point, but we don't deserve to get half of those penalties. I'm glad, I'm, <laughs> trust me, I'm glad we get those penalties and we need up the tire, or at least try to win at the moment, but it hadn't, been, it hadn't been working. And, you know, the offense the offense is something that you want to see prosper, and players as the midfield, as Beltran, Cervantes, Vidal Pando, and a defense that has, you know, Mir as a, a Briseño, you you can have Ponce, Ralgo Dino. You know, it, 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 there's pieces there, and there could be a good team made, even with Zendejas and, you know, Sepulveda coming up as a defender as well. Yeah. It, it, you just want to see a, a better team going forward. And, you know, players like Polido, Bisuela, Chofis, it's like we've, we've tried. We we've tried with those players. No matter under under three different coaches at, at a certain point already, and they prospered under Almeida. They haven't prospered under the next two coaches. So we got to see how kind of how they do under Tenia, and then have to make a decision if they're going to stay on the team or not. I prefer that they leave and go on to greener pastures somewhere else in Liga MX where they can prosper. Because honestly, I feel like they're being held back too. I feel like Trophies is being held back. Where coaches just don't believe in him at times i feel like thomas boy say what you will about boy one of the things he believed in was trophies and whenever he was healthy he was in the starting lineup but that holds other players back like cervantes Beltran, and valtran and lilac which wouldn't get a look because trophies takes up a very valuable number you know number nine or number 10 spot because bolido is usually in that number nine and then you have swell on the outside and you know, Gal Sandoval, Walter, didn't really turn out the way we wanted him to from Santos. Yeah. And I feel like Chivas coaching and the front office kind of held him back. And he could have been a way different player. You know, you see Lozano at Santos, or Brian Lozano at Santos, sorry. And you see how amazing he's doing. You're just like, that could have easily been Walter Sandoval. But, no, you know, you won't even hear his name talked about anymore. But at a time, he, he was that player for Santos, but. We got to see, hopefully, where the future brings. And I'm interested in your take. W- what do you think? What do you think brings for the future for Chivas if they do decide to bring him
2: on? You know, uh, I'm I'm definitely not questioning uh, Belis's capabilities. You know, running you know organizations like this. Um, I think if you ask any crew, America fan or Cruz Azul fan, um, they're going to tell you that they are nothing but grateful to to what he brought to their organizations. Obviously, two league titles with America, two Champions Leagues. Cruz Azul, like I said, they almost, they, they, I mean, it's Cruz Azul. You know, it, you can be the best executive in the world, but you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't bring can't Cruz Azul to the baby. So, you can't get rid of that curse. I mean, I'm sorry, but he did Seven win other are amazing. He won, he won some <laughs> Copas, you know? <laughs> He won some Copas. He won, Um, he won the league. Oh, wait. Did, does he get credit for this league's cup? Was he already gone by then? I don't know. Either way. He,
0: he gets credit just because you build a team, he gets credit.
2: So I'm not calling that into question. I just gotta call into question the the ownership again. I mean, we all know that the biggest problem with Chivas is the ownership is Vergara is uh, you know a Maori. It, it was Higuera, Now he's he got us out, obviously, but you know just everybody in that front office because you, you know we've tried uh, Chivas has tried stuff like this in the past, bringing in you know many different uh, directors, former players to like help the team. And it just hasn't worked out, but I think mostly because the ownership just does not let them take full reins of the team and and make the team how how they would want. I mean, you look at even Almeida; he was he was not only the coach, but he was also in you know he was also in the director's office. So, um, oh
0: yeah, and he was looking at the youth players and he was promoting right. and you know he was scouting. He was making sure everything was being taken care of.
2: And there was a big you know obviously they got into a big fight because. Ultimately, it came down to they didn't. Almeida was, was tired of not being given full, you know, the full confidence, I guess, of the, you know, from the owners and, and just let him build the team how he wanted to build it because we know that he could have taken Chivas farther than they've ever been in the past few seasons. In the short time that he was here, he won all those titles. So I just kind of call, have to call into question how the ownership is going to react. I mean, even before Almeida way back when when they brought uh Johan Cruyff uh to the to the squad and they brought you know John John Van Schip as the head coach the whole Dutch uh powerhouse they brought him I mean you know and when they brought Cruyff he wasn't really a director he was more like an advisor but I mean that lasted like a season you know what I mean and then they yeah they, they yeah that's, the like, that's like that's like
0: forgot history <laughs> Yeah, no they, one talks about that anymore. That never I know, happened.
2: and it's 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 strange when when you bring in someone like Cruyff who you know built La Masia at Barcelona and built the Ajax Academy into exactly. what it is today, and
0: you know somebody that could have had a huge influence in Chivas, and right. you know you see and Barcelona then, and you, Chivas could have been mentioned on that same namesake, you know what I mean? And they were like, no, and then you don't, don't even give control. him more
2: than a, you don't even give him a year. You don't even take his advice. You don't. You don't like so that that that. I have to call into question that a little bit, um, and then um, which you know, fun fact. If you guys remember, you, you know, every Chivas fan kind of remembers John Van Schip, the Dutch coach. He's actually coaching, uh, I think it was Greece now, the national team of Greece. I think it's Greece. I thought that was pretty interesting, seeing how how. It how far he went. So that was cool. But, but no, so like this whole thing with Belas, I mean, I, 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 I truly sincerely hope he does, um, you know, sign with Chivas and starts bringing in, I think if, if he does, uh, I don't know about you, but I think if, if, if Belize does come to Chivas uh, in the next couple of days, um, I think, I don't think, well, I mean, I guess it depends on the end of the season, but I really don't think then going to be there. By the time the next season rolls around, I think Beliz is a is a coach that or not a coach. I think Beliz is a guy that likes to bring in his own coaches. We saw that at América, we saw that at Cruz Azul. So yeah,
0: that that that's something that I prefer as well. Where if you're going to bring in, to do a whole regime change. I don't I don't want kind of half-assed and then have to you know c- kind of get into it. Where as far as you'd be like, I want this player, and then we'll have Tanya kind of talking to Vergara and everybody's on the scenes. They'll be like, Well, no, I want this. And then they'll kind of more so back the coach. Then you get into that whole little altercation where, you know, you end up getting into a little war where it's like, well, who are you supporting as far as the front office? And then, you know, no one ends up being happy. Then somebody leaves for even, you know, a season or years out.
2: Right. And that's always the case. There's always a lot of infighting with Chivas among, you know, players, coaches, front office and all that. So so that that kind of worries me a little bit because of Chivas' track record with these type of projects. But um, but with Belas it's itself. I mean, there's no there's no doubt that he knows how to how to how to handle himself in the Mexican market and how how to build something. Um, you know, like we said, he he uh, more so than America since America already had all the all, all of the resources kind of already. Um, he helped rebuild Cruz Azul, who before he went there, Cruz Azul was pretty pretty bad. They hadn't made the Liguilla in, in a while, and once he got there, Kashinia got his project started. Um, they started bringing in, you know, tremendous players that they have right now. Um, you know, they have like Cabecita Rodriguez, you know, Elias Hernandez, Yoshimar Yotun, Orbelin Pineda, former Chivas guy. So, you know, he definitely knows how to how to how to build teams and how to have successful uh, institutions. So I'm definitely not doubting that at all. I just think uh, his relationship with with the owners is going to be a big thing. And uh, so we'll see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. We'll, we'll, like we will see, and man, I'm just hoping for the best. This 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 season as a GM us has been kicking our asses, and it's been hard to stay positive. <laughs> and this is one. But thing, which one know, hasn't? This is <laughs> Jesus Christ. Since Tom was there, and. <laughs> it, Fuck, Jesus, it's it's been long, man. It's it, it's been frustrating, but hopefully, some you know this is kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, we finally get some actual change. You know, whatever. Say if we get a good, decent coach later on line. You know, I'm fine with that too. But I'm more so one change in that boardroom and that front office more than anything because that'll affect everything, even on a bigger scale than a coach will. With just you know a few attack changes, you're still gonna have those same players. You know. And I think they realize that, too, where it's been three different coaches and they're just like, fuck, you know, m- maybe it's not the coaches. <laughs> maybe some of these players, you know, maybe we need some help on how to get some of these players and somebody who knows how to navigate the market. And Pelaez can do that for them.
2: No, definitely. I think we all know that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And uh, it, it's it's going to be really cool to see Pelaez <clears throat> representing Chivas now, if that happens. I know... Last week we were talking about Almeida possibly going to Monterrey. That didn't end up happening. Um, instead, Turco Mohamed came back because you
0: don't know, you, you. I was I was laughing and I was I was getting ready to make jokes like like that same week and I was like, dude, watch this Mohamed come back. I was like, the amount of, of V necks and aviator shades that are going to be on the sideline is going to
2: be enormous. <laughs> oh, they're back. They're back. Oh, they're man. back. They're back. Because as we all you know, Liga Meces. Leads the world in recycling, man. They, <laughs> they love that.
0: I'll tell you what, they they have no waste as far as in the coaching category. Oh, How much you want to say he's going to try to get Monterrey to pay up to get Meso Rajo back to uh, Liga Max? <laughs> probably. <after Monterrey. laughs> because he he's the him main to Spain. reason he was at Salta Vigo.
2: <laughs> he took him to Spain, he can bring him back. How about that? Yeah, he's just
0: such a short-tenured coach, though. It's like, it's like what, a, game, a run of 10 games and he'll probably be out if he doesn't do well? I can see it and as you know cutting into next season if, if he doesn't do good in the first three cuz man the the payroll that Monterrey has for those players it's fucking huge for them not to be doing as good as they are you know they they want the CONCACAF Champions League you know all great and all that but where's the liga where's
1: oh, yeah, the they, copa they... X,
0: like you know like this is it's with the copa next so what are you guys doing
2: <laughs> no yeah definitely we we uh, we we all kind of know Monterrey is one of the best in the league right now in terms of just raw talent but, you know, you did a couple of quick Google searches and they haven't won a title since 2009, a league title. I mean, so that's pretty surprising for a team that's been so good for so long, yet they don't have a league title. I mean, they almost won one. They almost won two a couple years back with Mohamed, but he ended up losing both finals. So but now he's back. Maybe he's maybe this is going to be a re- revenge story. Who knows?
0: Man, hopefully for Monterrey fans at least because, you know, we feel bad as Chivas fans, but it's like, well, at least we win. <laughs>
2: <You talk laughs> least, about...
0: Every 10 years, baby, we'll get a title in there somewhere.
2: You talk about the amount of like uh, V-necks that's going to be on the sidelines with Mohamed. You forget Matosas is also back at San Luis. He's another guy that loves his fashion. You know what I mean? Oh,
0: he's out there with v tucked in shirt, the Gucci belt hanging off. So that we guy, got both of guy's... them back. That guy's more Mexican than a lot of Mexicans, Say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, You know, when you look at him, he smells like uh, Armani uh, or Armania, what is it called? Uh, uh, Giorgio Armani uh oh God, I forgot what it's called on top of my head right now. but He probably smells like Davidoff cool water, too, now that I think about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you blanking right now if San Luis and Monterey have played so far this season? But if they have it, when they do, they got to do a Who Wore It Better segment with those two coaches, man. They have Honestly. to. Honest,
0: honest to God, th- that, that that would be amazing. And depending that would on be... the climate, it's like you know, suitable clothes. One of these yeah. prices
2: might come out in some some shorts. Do that. <laughs> but now on to much less funny. Well, I guess it can be funny depending on the, how you view it. Um, but let's talk about oh god, let's talk about Veracruz. Um, just the biggest joke of a club that I've ever seen um, and you know if you're a Leo MX M- M- fan you obviously know you obviously know the deal with Veracruz they haven't won a game in more than a year they were supposed to be relegated like twice they're still here after paying money and stuff but it, this situation with them just keeps brewing and keeps brewing and keeps brewing and it kind of came to a head this week because apparently you ready for this it It's kind of been confirmed that the players are not getting paid <laughs> and it's it's just kind of you know, I'll read you some stuff here that I found um but yeah, like players like Daniel Villalva um, co- basically confirmed on Twitter that there are no players getting paid right now in Veracruz. Um, they've even gone as far as to there's been rumors that they're they' that they're refusing to play. Friday night's match against Tigres this upcoming Friday because of the lack of payments. But the Liga MX president, Enrique Bonilla, came back and said that if Veracruz do that, that they will be automatically relegated if they refuse to play, which I think is kind of funny since they should have been relegated like twice by now. But now...
0: Um, no question. It's like at least, you know, they're going through this. Are they Are they? Are they at least like feeding the players? like because what... we, we've had like... We we've had him talk about this since last season about the players not getting paid. Everybody's like, ha ha that's crazy and then the players are like confirming it, like, no, seriously, we aren't and then everybody kinda of forgot about it.
1: And the season
0: rolled <laughs> around, they got all that supposedly money, but it wasn't money from that owner that he said that he had like millions and then he had nothing and even had borrowed <laughs> See, you can't make this stuff up with the, with the Iguana, man. It's
1: Honestly, it's I don't crazy. know how they're in the first division without having to
0: move. You know, you see Club and This <laughs> is real life. Team. They're going to be relegated. They just moved the team to another City. Veracruz haven't had to do that yet. Do you know how wild that is? Where <laughs> a fictional show making fun of... Probably Chilas, actually. You know, like, make, makes this uh, whole thing. And then Veracruz, like, the worst team probably in the past, I think, five to ten years, the Agan makes has ever seen. Because, you know, it's hard when you, you're almost being relegated every single season. And then, you know, the three-year rule, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me. You got Leonidas negatives, you got other teams coming up, like, basically, yeah, like you're coming up every single year and then, and then getting sent back because of the three-year rule. But Agan is still there.
2: <laughs> right, there, that's, you know, the, that's the messed up part. They're still there. They're still a first division team. They're not even paying their players. It's pretty much been confirmed. I mean, um, and in other, you know, in that same breath, uh, the league president Enrique Bonilla also said that he he would offer to pay the missing wages of the players if and only if they lodge a formal complaint with the league. So his thing is that they haven't lodged a formal complaint with the league. Nobody has. So that's why the
1: league hasn't kind of stepped in in a way no hay forma de que el dinero pueda salir sin ocasionarle un problema a nuestra institución si no hay documentos que lo respalden si no hay documentación que respalde el adeudo que se tiene con los jugadores no hay forma de que se haga efectiva la fianza
2: but i mean this whole thing is just pretty confusing and, um you know, to say the least. And if that wasn't enough already, that these players aren't getting paid and stuff like that, and, and you know, if you didn't know that, I know what you guys are probably thinking. Well, you know, it should be in their contracts. You know, they can sue. They can do this. They can lawyer up. They can whatever. Well, actually, it's been reported that the majority of Veracruz players actually have verbal agreements instead of actual contracts with the club.
1: Porque el problema... Que existe no radica en en otra situación más que tienen un contrato registrado en federación pero tienen acuerdos verbales, cada uno de ellos o la mayoría de ellos con la administración del Club Veracruz. Te soy sincero es la primera vez que, que me encuentro con, con un caso de estos de, de acuerdos verbales Siempre habían existido eh, diversos tipos de contratos, pero pero había contratos y, y estaban firmados. Esta sí es la primera vez que yo en 16 años me encuentro con con acuerdos verbales. Now, this is nothing new. Last season, it was found out that Veracruz
2: had kind of these kind of agreements and sort of double contracts with coaches. Um, I think Memo Vásquez was the one that blew that out, who's now at Necaxa. Um, but now it's players that actually have verbal agreements instead of actual contracts. So it's just I mean, what do you think about that? That's pretty I've never heard of that in my life.
0: That's wild, but you know, if you're if you're starving a starving up and coming player that needs exposure and you know, like they're talking to you like, Hey, do you wanna like you wanna play? Like at least get on the spotlight? And you're like, Man, I'm over here bumming it up in sub twenties. Why the hell not? So you know, you you sign, you end up going. You, you're on the first team. You get to you, you get that first team experience. But guess what? You ain't getting that first team pay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not at all, man. That's kind nah, of all man. the players right. that Veracruz has right now. That and players like Carlos Alcido, who just refused. honestly, I
0: feel like half the team is shacking up with Salcedo right now. He's like, just come stay at my place, guys. It'll be all right. He, he, that's he real, just, that's true. That's true. Team captain, to go away. Right
2: there. He's... <laughs>
0: He... Like, like Carlos Vela declining to get, be on the national team. <laughs> refusing, yeah. just refusing.
2: Just straight up refusing. Just he's refuses. not going away, guys. Oh, he's 39, going on 40, 30, and he's yeah. not going away anytime soon.
0: Not at all. That head is just going to keep getting more balder and balder. <laughs> because the amount of air he's putting on that head is outlandish. And he's officially a center back. You know, his obvious regression for being a midfielder. He's a center back now. By next year, he'll be a goalkeeper. <laughs> and backing him up would be uh,
2: <laughs> probably you know I hope not that is much longer,
0: <laughs> oh my God, I was getting killed. I think did Jurado play the bermuda game
2: uh no, he's actually with the under twenty twos sorry
0: under twenty twos i forgot, but i I think everybody was I think we were asking last week like like you know like where's Jurado and I'm just like Jurado's tired, Jurado's <laughs> tired of this shit, he wants to go home. <laughs>
2: No, yeah. Jurado, it, poor kid, man.
0: He's... It's like, uh, imagine Memo being on Granata, Granada like he was a year in Spain, but every year. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what Jurado's been living. It's just been a living hell. And at
2: least Granada probably beat, like, I don't know, Las Palmas or some other shitty team in Spain. Cruz haven't won at all since Jurado has played. Since Jurado has made his league, I make his debut. And he's, he has and not he's, and seen he's a win.
0: called up by the national team. Imagine how... Have, they have, he hasn't he hasn't had a clean sheet yet, and if he has a clean sheet, it's probably been a tie. Think about that. He's been called that national team. What what are these other goalkeepers? What is their excuse? What's their excuse?
2: <laughs> right, I <laughs> know. Honestly, He's I mean, never won a game. He just we, hasn't. And
0: Ronaldo playing at Veracruz reminds me of my like you know when I used to play when I was younger. Reminds me of my coach. I was like oh, well, I want to try goalkeeper. You know, he was like yo you want to try goalkeeper? I was, I was like yeah. He was like all right go say that on the goal. He had everybody subsequently on the team line up and just start taking shots at me. I feel like that's how Woodruff oh. feels every single, oh, no. every single week.
2: Yeah, man. Udado's, Udado's <laughs> just punishment
0: doing it. It's just trying to discourage you from doing it.
2: He's doing he's it on, not, his, on his lonesome, man. Especially he's, he's that Nakaksa
0: game. I saw one Pedacles game this year, and it was a Nakaksa game. And it was their worst competitive loss. Had to be that one, huh? All time. Yeah, no, it was, it was horrible. I was literally scrolling down on Twitter, and I was like, "What?" Well, you, know, you know, I'm on football TV, so it's a little bit slower. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is, like, you know, like, goal, goal. And I'm just thinking it's like, you know, was a little it bit behind. Nil? It's Yeah, it was like, I think it was 8-0 or 7-0, something along the way. It seven was like German, seven Germany versus Brazil bad. And yep. I was, I was looking, I was like, oh, you know, goal. I guess I must be a little bit behind or they're a little bit behind, you know, like I might be ahead there because they're celebrating. I'm like, oh, no, I see the screen. I can't even keep up with the timeline. I'm like, what the fuck, Goal goal, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, it's never seen anything like it.
2: And that wasn't the first time, if you remember, that was, because that was this season, right, earlier this season? Yeah, that was earlier this season. Because last season, the same thing happened, and I'm pretty sure, I'll pull it up right now, but I'm pretty sure last season, it was against Pachuca, I remember that, and they also lost, I believe it was around, like, 7-0, 8-0 as well. Yeah, they did. that. Man, I'm
0: telling you, that that Pachuca front offense is probably the most deadly in Liga Mexico. Like, oh, I, I was yeah.
2: wrong. Veracruz did goals. score two goals, but in goals. Pachuca scored nine.
0: See, I'm telling you, you got Victor Guzman, you got Edwin Cardona, you got the likes of, uh, what is it called, Franco Jara as well. And yeah. then you got all those supportive players as well, like uh, uh, Eric Aguirre, and everybody like that they can provide a good service into the box. It's like, it's, come on. They never even had a chance like come on yeah. especially on the counter the way Pachuca's been playing lately it's like it's like uh, it doesn't really surprise you that they did that last season it won't surprise right. you to do it this season it won't, and Pachuca <laughs> are easily one of the dark horses for at this uh, the, like the, this this up and coming uh,
2: yeah. definitely in that game um, in that Pachuca game that we're talking about you kind of mentioned uh, pretty much all of them there but yeah Pachuca Guzman had a brace Franco Jara had a brace um, Edwin Cardona had a goal um, Leonardo Ulloa, who's not with Pachuca anymore, but if you remember, he won the Premier League title with Leicester. He had a hat yeah, trick that did. day.
0: That's crazy. We can't
2: talk about trick. that enough. Yeah, yeah, right. He was here for a minute. <laughs> that's, that's Pachuca's okay. had some pretty good. I mean, remember when they had uh, the guy Honda, the Japanese player? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they had Honda Turned too. I up. forgot about
2: that. Like that one-year gig. after yeah, he, left he, the was, line. he was pretty good. And then even Dedos Lopez, you remember him? He even scored in yeah. that game. So yeah, Damn, that that that's, that's cool. just that's just life for Veracruz. Yeah,
0: that's wild. Devil score that game? Yeah. <laughs> they goes Veracruz for you though.
2: That that's that that's that's Veracruz situation. So yeah, I just we just kind of wanted to talk about that because of how just insane this is. We're talking about this is professional sports. This is a first division league in a league that is considered the best in north america i
0: thought i thought this was the reason Chappas didn't exist anymore and they had to move that you know it's like god i don't
2: know it makes you question yeah, i think that was payments to the league or something but i mean this is pretty much no different i don't know it's 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 really weird what's going on in veracruz i mean verbal agreements players not getting paid it's That's it's <laughs> It's it's crazy
0: underworld type shit like the mobs running Veracruz or something the Mexican mafia is running Veracruz This is
2: this is yeah it's 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 just insane what's happening right it's now. It's like
0: this compared to Club de Cuervos and I, don't, and I don't mean to get political, but it's like you know when you see like House of Cards and you see like what's going on in the current U.S. political system, right. you're like this is this is fucking unbelievable. Do you see this shit? This doesn't even happen on TV. Like this is even more wild. <laughs>
2: Oh man, it's just it's just nuts. So uh, we're com- we're coming to the end of this now. We're almost to an hour. So we're let's end it by talking a little bit about you know the league as a whole because we're only a couple weeks away from the start of the Liguilla. and uh, so let's let's talk about some of the teams that could possibly either drop or make a run. Let, let's look at the table right now. So in the table, the top eight are Nagoxan first place. Uh, Santos is in second, one point below. Querétaro's in third. Club America is in fourth. León is fifth. Tigres is sixth. Pachuca is seventh. And then Pumas is eighth. And then right under them, with the same amount of points as Pumas and Pachuca with 18, are Atlas and Tijuana. San Luis yeah. are in 11th place with 17. Cruz Azul, right one below, 12th with 16, along with Monarcas and Monterrey. And the rest of them... Uh, Toluca, Puebla, Chivas, Juarez, Veracruz, are pretty much. Um, they're not out of the, out You're of. They're saying the, there's a chance. <laughs> they're not out of the competition. yet, but I mean, those are the lower ones. So uh, this is the you time know. of
0: the season where I start doing uh You know, you know, when football comes around, and you, you know, math is a little bit easier to do. Like in those last two, three games, you know, I, right, I not, need, I need these three teams you know to know lose. We got to win, and we got to do these like three things, like to at least like have an opportunity to still be competing. Right. Yeah. And I'm starting to do that with Chivas now. So that's how you know I'm in panic mode. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: yeah. So you look at some of these teams up here. I mean, uh, so, but yeah. So, Ness, uh, looking at the table, what uh, what are some of the storylines you're kind of following here?
0: Okay. That of, and the amazing season they're having. I think uh, it, it, it's a shame that they've been doing so well and they were a super leader at one point. Because it takes away a lot from what Nacaxa is currently doing under their great coach and, you know, the system that they currently have. And no matter the players they lose on a yearly basis, whether it be, you know, Villapando or Brian Fernandez, they they find a way to come back and they're playing better than ever. They got Maximiliano in the midfield that he's looking like he's playing like Messi this season. You know, if that 7-0 game against Veracruz is any indication, he, he's he been amazing. For sure. th- that goes to show as they are a super leader which, you know, is the curse of the super leader. Every single Ligia, what ends up happening? They usually bow out the first or second round. You know, it's kind of like the uh, the Cinderella story, like but the opposite, where they end up losing.
1: Right. So,
0: you know, Club America, not so hot at the moment. They beat Chivas, but honestly, who hasn't beat Chivas? <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how, what they do because they've been very defensive minded and I feel like Beohol's kind of having, starting to have a meltdown, as you saw with uh, after the game against Gususu, uh, where they got demolished, and uh, you know he called <laughs> he, he, he called the referee uh, derogatory uh, homosexual term. In Spanish yes. and literally right after the league implemented the, the whole no, no, no chant thing so the irony in that was immense and I was laughing quite vehemently but if there's anything he's playing for Mereda it's the unexpected and then the next day in the morning I forgot what I was watching but he issued an official apology and that was very professional of him and you know honestly it's something I'm not saying take the word lightly but it's something that everybody does to get thrown it, it gets thrown around lightly and it probably shouldn't especially in and mag is something that they're trying to address so props to them and then you got pachuca which honestly like i said has that front name just three and um overall just a very potent offense and they're starting to warm up you know we talk about coaches in the carousel but we talk about their coach and how he was on the hot seat and how, i honestly thought he wouldn't have his job right now but yeah
2: i know, don't think many back. did palermo had did pretty good
0: good. They were doing horrible in the beginning of the season, and it's something that last season, you know, Victor Guzman and everything at the end, you're like, damn, that's a damn shame. Like, Victor should even be in Europe at this point, but, you know, they kind of had a resurgence, and I don't know, it's like, you see certain things like Edwin Cardona, he doesn't seem as fit as he used to be. He seems really clunky in the midfield, and all the balls he throws, I feel like he's putting more effort out there than he has to. And, or he's not putting that much effort in. I don't know if it really makes any sense, but he looks heftier than he used to in the midfield. And it's a good thing as far as strength in the midfield and Liga mixed because he bullies everybody around. Yeah. And he's a presence. I'm talking about he's tall as shit. So he bullies everyone in the midfield. And it's going to be interesting to see them in there. And then you got 8th, ninth, and 10th with, you know, all tied up. I really hope Atlas doesn't make the, the final eight because it's a team where it's like, you know they're not making it past the first or second round. I don't need that, but Atlas is Atlas and, you know, Chivas. So, <laughs> Pumas, I feel like I could make a decent run.
1: They,
0: they're they starting to warm up when it actually counts. I think Tijuana's going to start falling off now. Luz Azul, I think after that America win, they're riding high. So I can see them start climbing back up. And Monarcas have been, I don't know, man. I feel like... They've done so much better this season than where they're currently ranked. And yeah, they're kind
2: of
0: thirteenth.
2: It's just yeah. kind of like I'm looking at their record right now. They just they they either win or they lose.
0: Oh yeah, and there's been games where it's like, damn, it's been by one goal or less, where it, like you just needed to hold on for ten more minutes and they would have won. You know, against teams like Tigres or right. people along those lines. My family's from Michoacan, so I follow Morelia, even though I don't talk about them much. But, you know, as far as the goalkeeper, Sosa, he does an amazing job. He was just claimed by EA as one of the players of the month. So, we right, see stuff yeah. like that. In yeah. this horrible haircut. I think he's he really underrated.
2: I don't, I don't know. I think so. I know he's to, pretty I think... old. I know he's over 30. But I, I don't know why he doesn't ever get called up to the Uruguay national team. Yeah, I think his
0: Moose, I forgot what his name, what his name, Mooseclerc?
2: No, yeah, Muslera definitely got his spot locked in, but at least had, like in a backup role, Yeah, exactly. something like that. Um, I don't know what the goalkeeping situation is in in Uruguay, obviously, but um, besides Muslera, I can't think of anybody. So you know, seeing I honestly somebody think like he's better
0: than Monterrey's goalkeeper, which I currently guess. Oh yes. His name, but I know Barbero. he played in South America, Bonovero and, and he was very popular. And I understand that, but he's he's not what he used to be in South America. And then, yeah, Atlético San Luis—they're doing surprisingly well for their, you know, their first season. Honestly, though, they could be doing way better. I think with the current coach that they got, it will get better as, as soon as the team acclimates the tactics. But it really irks me when they literally have the, in their disposal, they have all of the Atlético Madrid players that aren't playing in First Division Spain right now. <laughs> like you yeah. literally look at that roster. You're talking about Argentines. You're talking about—they got a
2: bunch of loan deals
0: a bunch of loan deals and then you see some of the Mexican players at their field thing you're just like damn like Liga MX is really hitting you hard with these players I gotta play you know because <laughs> if it could just be the other way around like right, the team would look way better as far as just pure foreign nationals
2: and as right, they got, they got players from Atletico Madrid, but then they also got to play like Mario De Luna and shit.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they got forwards that should be playing in Europe, and they got, you know, defenders that are from the Basque region of Spain and, you know, these these amazing technically gifted players. And, you know, they can't manage out to get draws at times just because the certain Mexican players that are holding them back, but honest to God, nobody can name two to three. And it's really unfortunate until they kind of get that kind of profile up and start trying to go after some of those players where those players might have been fine and you know essential but not in the league MX where you're competing with literally on a global scale where everybody from around the world now where you know you'll see those like we're talking about pachuca with you know honda coming through or like a japanese player in league MX like who would ever thought that would happen or you know he's talking about what is it called uh Pierre Gaitan on Thiguedes and then is back and num up by bringing in like Salcedo and thought and when I thought all these players that should be in European teams and you know kind of competing for that. And Atletico has to see that and say we have to do that as well. And they don't have an excuse like oh well, we don't have the capital. They're one of the biggest teams not only in Spain but in the world. So you kind of see that and you see the sister club. You're like all right, like come on not only are you not uh, like lone players, but start spending a little bit more at the draft, like start seeing what you guys can do. And I think if they continue doing that in the next few years, it can be good. But just glad to see a team that recently got promoted, not be in the bottom three and about to go back.
2: Yeah. Well, Juarez is there, but that's another story.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's God. Oh, me you start
2: Juarez. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with what you said about San Luis. They, um, you know, we, we we all know soccer right now is, is, is a business more than anything. So, you know, money talks and they have it. So, yeah, I agree with what you said. I think if they invest a lot more in, in this team and in this league, um, Atlético Madrid, I mean, um, San Luis can definitely become one of the, I think, one of the top teams definitely in Mexico. And it's really cool to see them, to see them do pretty well. And, um, you know, I agree. Uh, Matosas is, is a proven coach you know he hasn't had success everywhere he's gone but uh, he's he's a definitely a proven coach and and he loves his uh, his attacking style of play so i think you know, you know once the, the atletico san luis players get a little bit more used to him and stuff um they they uh, probably, like maybe next season they can make a run or anything so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there cruz azul is one below them but after the the total humiliation they just gave to club america I'm thinking they're going for for a late-season run. So I I definitely could see them in the Liguilla. We got teams like Monterrey down here in 14th place um, who are hoping to get into the Liguilla. I don't know if they will. They haven't shown that in the first 13 games. Um, From what I've seen in the first 13 games, I don't think they're going to get in. But this is a new process now. Mohamed's back. So uh, who knows? Maybe the players you know if you think about it the players are pretty much the same that Mohamed had when he used to coach at Monterrey there, there's a couple of new uh, couple of new guys but for the most part he has Funes Mori he has Babon still he has um, he has know.
0: the aviator shades and he has. Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> is he that needs... all he needs
2: <laughs> that's all he needs huh
0: and, and he has the willpower that's all he needs. And so, uh, a cool $15 million to bring Nacer Arajo back
2: to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll see if Monterrey can. Uh, they, they got a couple games to do it. And then, yeah, just looking more up the table. Uh, it, it's cool to see Pumas in eighth place. I did not think they were doing as good as they were. Pumas is kind of a hot and cold team. Sometimes they're on. Sometimes they're not. Um, so uh, I could see them dropping off. But like I said, I mean, they've done well this far. Why not keep going? um you got pachuca in seventh place uh i agree with you i think they're a dark horse um each and every year it's weird that they haven't had more success than 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 they used to like back in the early 2000s and stuff but um
0: oh yeah with the ccls and you know league runs and everything man they're 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 a force man and it's a team you always want to see in that final four because it not only speaks to you know, as far as academies and the way they bring their players up and all the talent that they do end up making, but the way they can develop it and bring in players from elsewhere and build a really good foundation for a team that can compete very well.
2: Definitely, Pachuca has always been a very, a very sound um, in organization in terms of player development. Obviously, you see players like Chucky, like Hector Herrera, players like that, um, Eric Gutierrez, and stuff. Um, they've also, but they've also managed to stay competitive. For so long, and they 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 have some money behind them. Grupo Pachuca is one of the biggest, um, uh, you know, you know, movers in, in Liga MX. So they they they're good. I could definitely see them making a run. Um, I don't know if I see them as title contenders just yet, but I mean, hey, once they get into the Liga, we've seen anything can happen. Um, Tigres is in sixth place, which is pretty low for their standards, but I think they're about to start picking up the pace. You know, Tuca loves to wait till the end of the season to start winning. And you know oh, yeah. before they're, the international they're one of those break. Teams that can do that. Before the international break, they smashed Santos Laguna, which used to be the Super leader. They smashed them 3-0. So that or 4-0. So it makes me think that they're about to start picking up the pace. Um, and then you got Leon in fifth place. Um, again, pretty low considering um, how good they actually are. Obviously they made it to the final last year and completely choked. But this year, I think they're better. I think they have a better squad with the likes of uh, Sosa now being on their team. He's my end, Sosa. So, um, And then, you know, we've already talked about how great Macias is, how he's killing it. Luis Montes is still doing his thing, even at his old age. Angel Mena is one of the best midfielders in Mexico. So, you know, Leon is definitely a title contender for me. America... For some reason, even though they've been hampered with injuries and suspensions and all this stuff, they're still in fourth place, which, I mean, it kind of irks me how, how good they are still, even with a bad season, per se, in in, in terms of their standards. But they're always going to be a title contender up there. And then you get to the top three, Necax and Queretaro. Surprising. I don't know if I've ever seen... It. Any of these teams being the in such a high, thing. I mean I don't I don't remember exactly seeing Cretor or Coxa being so high. Uh, me personally, or were, were they when you remember when Ronaldinho was at Cretor? Were they ever like top three? I know they made it to a final, but no,
0: nah, they were never top three. They I don't were think so. Ronaldinho was out drinking every single night, so yeah, we <laughs> get shit the team. But you know it's funny because so... you had kind of the, the tale of two teams where it was him. And um, what is it called? He went to... Yeah, he, he was, he was Eric Querétaro. And then, was it called? Guatemal went to Puebla, and he was leading his team. And, you know, they named the stadium after him and everything like that. And Ronaldinho was just getting fucked up every single night. He, he didn't really contribute much, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So, it, it's cool to see Necax and Querétaro in the top three with two coaches, Cetich and Memo Vasquez, who... Kind of, kind of proved the haters wrong this season. I think many people thought that they were like done, washed, you know, just more league I make, recycling. But they've actually done really well with the talent that they have. They're not the most talented teams, um, you know, from an individual standpoint. Um, but they they've done really well this season. And then Santos, who before the loss to Tigres um, was looking like probably the best, the best team in the league, just in terms of the players they had as well as how they play. I mean with Furch, Lozano and and all of them, um, they're they're doing really well. Um, so I I can see uh just from this from the way the table looks right now, I can see Cruz Azul and possibly San Luis making it in from the from the teams that are currently out. And I think that they'll probably replace Bumas and oh man, this is tough. This is tough because cause Bachuca's in seventh right now. But I also do think they could make a run. But in that case, I don't know who they drop. It's it's definitely going to be tough. I mean, like you said earlier, they that there's they, only...
0: Diggins can't get it started and they just drop. The,
2: the, there's only a couple points. There's like four points for the four. There's five points separating the number three team from the number 14. So, you know, <laughs> anything can happen. But, yeah, uh, so that's te- that's basically uh, going to do it for us. Uh, there's only a couple weeks left in the Liga MX season, and we'll, we will be back throughout those weeks to keep you guys updated on what's going on. And then as we head into the Liguilla and for more uh, Seleccion games, obviously, as they come along in November. Um, so before we head out, uh, Ness, tell the people where they can follow you at.
0: Ness, you can follow me at Twitter at he's. N-E-S-Q-U-I-V-E-Double-L-I. And also, you can find me at FMF State of Mind. You can also find me at Viva Liga MX. You can also find me at Soccer Nerds and let them know about you.
2: Yeah, and you can follow me at uh, Antonio1998 double underscore. That's two underscores at the end on Twitter. And yeah, you can also find me as well as everybody else that you guys hear on the podcast each and every week on FMF uh, State of Mind. So yeah, that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, make sure to send us feedback questions, whatever you want, whatever you want us to talk about on the on the pod for weeks to come. and uh, yeah, thanks for listening guys and we will see you next time.